Sports Talk Daily with Andrew Hustler Patterson and Michael Remus. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to another week of Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily. Great to have you with us. Hope you had an awesome weekend. Andrew Patterson and Michael Remus with you. Um, and uh, I would love to say it's a packed show today. Um, certainly we'll have some great conversations with Jeff Hamilton as well as Hot Rod Peterson, who is out at the World Junior Hockey Championships doing the RP show. Rod's going to jump on in about 20 minutes. Um, so we will get to a little bit of World Juniors. you got Finland and Canada going at it this afternoon. And uh, obviously we'll hit a wide array of topics, bombers into the bye week, Jets off season, and more with Jeff Hamilton. I will say, though, this is a quieter time of the sporting schedule. There's no doubt about it. I mean, the Jets could help us out any minute with maybe making some sort of a move or giving us something to talk about that would be different than the last couple of weeks. We'll stay and wait for that. But um, um, certainly it was a great weekend as far as attending games. Great few games at the ballpark with the gold eyes at home. Um, and, of course, all that coming off what was such a wild night on Thursday despite the unfortunate ending for the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. So um, NFL preseason well underway. I know Remus has a great update on former Bombers and what they were doing in their preseason games on the weekend. So <clears throat> we'll get to all of that. I want to give first a big shout-out to uh, Corey Johnson and the gang at Breezy Bend. Many of our media brethren are out there um, jumping on the course this afternoon as they did a media day for the upcoming uh, Canadian Women's Mid-Am and Senior Championships coming in a couple weeks to Breezy Bend. I'm hoping to be out there and do a show from the Bend on the 29th of August. Uh, but I can't wait to hear the results of uh, all the fellas out there playing together. Uh, the course is absolutely mint and ready uh, for the best female golfers in the in the country to come and uh, do their thing and compete for a great national championship over at Breezy Bend. So unfortunate not to be there today. But we got to do the show, and the show will go on. Um, huge thanks to all the sponsors that make this happen. Wallace and Wallace, what a great day! Bark at the park on Saturday for the uh, for the Winnipeg Gold Eyes. Wallace and Wallace, a big sponsor of that. F Apparel, Vita Health, Aikens Lake, Culligan Water, Royal Sports, Breezy Bend, Not Auto Corp, Little Brown Jug, Princess Auto, Boston Pizza, the Nick and Nicky DQ Group, Assiniboy Downs, who are back in action tonight with live racing. Remus and I will get some picks a little bit later on. Canadian Club Whiskey, and of course, Cool Bet Canada. One other thing I should mention is the uh, finishing up of the big tennis tournaments, the National Bank Championships. We'll get to all of that right now, but uh, let's welcome everyone into you the uh, YouTube chat. What's up, everyone? Hope you had a great weekend, and uh, let's get this thing going with uh, the appearance of one M. Remus. Uh, Remo, how was your weekend? Great weekend. Hustler. I got out to the beach on Saturday. It must have been the nicest day of the year. It was hot. Everyone was in the water. Um, great time. So, yeah, that was fun. And, I mean, we had also had that CFL game. Maybe the game of the year. I mean, it seems like every game with BC is the game of the year. They had that crazy one against Ottawa earlier this year. This Nathan Rourke, man, he's almost must-see TV uh, at this point if you're a CFL fan or a football fan at all. So, I'm feeling good. It is the summer. It is it is a weird time of year. You know, I was wondering when it would kind of slow down. Uh, bomber bye week uh, is definitely the time. The per perfect time, I agree, perfect time for the Jets to make a trade, sign someone. Although, tomorrow, Mark Shafley will be on the course. Is that correct? 
Uh, well, I believe there's a practice round for yeah. the event, and I'm pretty sure tomorrow is the day that he'll meet with the media. So that will certainly be highly anticipated. And um, hopefully we can get Mike on um, post Mark Shifley speaking to uh, hear about it, to speak to it. And um, and in a, in a lot of ways, I think this is great for Shifley to yes. be seeing the media at this point, well in advance of training camp. Um, because at this rate, and it is almost inconceivable that this is the case, considering the way the season ended, <laughs> what we heard from Mark and the last time he spoke to the media here in Winnipeg, but with everything that has and hasn't happened over the course of the offseason, Mark Shifley can speak to the media tomorrow. I think if he does a good job, um, you know, as far as, you know, maybe quelling fears as to where he's at, says the right things, uh, he can probably put a lot of that behind him. And then when we get to training camp, and as I said, this was inconceivable a few months ago, Shifley's situation will be far, far down the pecking order of um, certainly the big media questions, and that'll be Blake Wheeler being back, assuming that he is. And, of course, what will be um, a topic that I don't think it'll be a daily thing, but it'll always be in the background as long as the uncertainty continues is the future of Pierre-Luc Dubois with the Winnipeg Jets. So I think in a lot of ways for Shife, you're going to get out there, play a practice round, and take care of a bunch of things that um, I think will bode very well for him if he wants to come in on the right foot under a new head coach. The earlier he can get that stuff out of the way, the better. And uh, it sounds like that'll be tomorrow. Yeah, it's at the Manitoba Open, which is making a return us uh, after two years off. So that's, uh, that's pretty exciting at Southwood. So he will be speaking with the media tomorrow. First time we've heard from him since the... Uh, since the I need to see where direction this team is going <laughs> speech at the end of the season. And well, like what direction has the team gone? That's the that's the thing. Yeah. Like if tomorrow, I mean, if I was there in the scrum, I'd probably say, Mark, you know, you said that you wanted to see what the direction of the team is. How do you think? Like, well, where where where's the team at right now? It'd be a very difficult question to answer, to be honest. I think more than anything for Mark, um, assuming that he's in the right headspace, coming back with a positive attitude. Um, you know, I think basically I'd say, you know what, that was a really frustrating year. We were really disappointed the way things ended. I wasn't playing at the end of the season. And um, you know what, I said what I said, and maybe, you know, it didn't come out the right way, but I'm committed to being the best player I can be, helping this team win hockey games. Mm -hmm. Let's go get it. And, he should talk um, to you. If you do, uh, well, exactly. I could be, you know, I could be a, a, a little uh, a consultant um, for for some of these uh, for some of these guys. Hey, he's never before really had an issue with the media at all, and, and I think that was what made what happened at the end of the last season, frankly, so surprising. Um, but it was coming off, um, let's just say a an extended period of uninspired play um, for a guy that so much is uh, leaned on and depended on here. So, um, I, so I'm looking forward to hearing Mark. I certainly hope that he's in good spirits, optimistic, excited about the upcoming season. And I hope he plays uh, some good golf at the Manitoba Open. Certainly his presence there is great for the event. Um, speaking of golf, we will definitely have to talk about that insane playoff yesterday at the FedEx on the PGA Tour in the FedEx Cup playoffs. Will Zalatoris finally getting him getting a win. And if you watch the playoff, um, that was downright bizarre. Some of the some of the things that happened in the playoff between Zalatoris and Straka, but he finally gets his win. We'll touch on that a little bit later and look on to the next. Uh, we do have odds for the BMW Championship, so we'll hit that in the cool bet odds a little later on. Uh, but Reem. I know we will talk World Juniors with uh, with Rod. 
uh, who's in Edmonton, and it is Finland, Canada this afternoon. Um, but you mentioned it. I mean, to me, the highlight of the weekend outside of the incredible crowds and fun at the ballpark with the Gold Eyes was the game on Saturday night. And um, listen, I know a lot of people were at Bark at the Park. Uh, if you were able to watch that game between BC and Calgary, um, you mentioned Nate Rourke. I mean, Nathan Rourke all season long, we've been saying, wow, I mean, is this guy for real? Okay, you found out he's for real. Now I think we're realizing that he is not just for real, but incredibly special. And the performance that he put on in that comeback win in Calgary against the Stamps was one for the ages. Uh, I want to say he had over 240 yards passing in the fourth quarter alone, went for 488 yards. And... I mean, for what he's done so far this season, and the BC Lions are seven and one. I mean, this team—it's strange schedule. The Bombers have played two extra games. They've got the bye. They've got a couple of big games coming up with the Saskatchewan Rough Riders before the Bombers play Saskatchewan. We've um, completely turned that team around, and the fact that he's doing what he's doing on that rookie salary has allowed the BC Lions to add some incredible talent on defense at receiver. Um, and this team is going to be a very, very tough out. And that is why, I mean, despite the incredible undefeated first half of the season for the Bombers and now with their first loss on the card, um, you know, there's going to be no letting up right now because to me, far more important than last year, with the emergence of the BC Lions and the way Calgary's played so far this season, the Winnipeg Blue Bombers need to make sure that they are playing that West Final at home, getting the bye week beforehand, um, because I think if that happens, then their plan goes um, as as laid out and they move on to the Grey Cup and probably have a pretty damn good chance of winning it. But I'll tell you what, I mean, if something happened where, um, you know, the Bombers dropped off a little bit and all of a sudden, you know, you have to play the West semifinal and go to somewhere like BC in the West, uh, that would be far, far from a sure thing um, with the way BC's playing. And you can just ask Bo Levi Mitchell and the Calgary Stampeders after Saturday about that. Yeah, just when you think that uh, you know you get the kick return and have a lead and you're ready, uh, Nathan Rourke easily drives down the field. 488 passing yards, 39 of 52, 75% completion percentage. Uh, he also can run the ball, uh, running in two touchdowns, four carries on eight yards. Um, I mean, he's got this elite group of receivers, especially with Brian Burnham coming back. Rhymes has been a huge addition. Uh, uh, Katoy, Hatcher, Whitehead. I mean, Whitehead, he's a, he was their, been their top guy, but what? He was like fifth on the team in receiving yards and seven catches. Um, this guy is absolutely incredible. You look at his numbers, like this guy's putting up, I mean, you pretty much, if you're playing fantasy, just lock Nathan oh. Rourke and at least two of his receivers because um, he's throwing for at least 300 yards every game. Had his. He's running for touchdowns, yeah. too. I mean, he's fantasy-wise, he might have more points than the two and three guys put together yeah. in the league overall this season. I wouldn't be surprised if that was the case. Here's his passing numbers. Okay, Calgary, 488 yards. He had that ridiculous game against Edmonton in a blow, 477. Got another game with 436. His lowest total this year was 250 get passing yards against Hamilton. Uh, this guy is, I think I kind of joked maybe that he wasn't the MOP because he put up all you know all these numbers against Edmonton twice, where he had five touchdowns last week. <laughs> that but this take guy was freezing cold if you watch the game on Saturday. Yeah, this guy is clear cut 
best player. And I haven't seen any like CFL.ca power rankings, but I'm seeing people in chat being like, well, Bombers, Bombers beat the Lions. Um, so you have to say Bombers take the tiebreaker if you're making like a, a power rankings. But they are both have one, have one loss. Bombers have played two more games. I mean, this, man, this Nathan Rourke, I mean, again, you got to tune in and see this guy uh, sling the ball around. He's incredible. So, uh, I don't, but the thing is with the Bombers schedule, what? They play at the end of the year when it may not be schedule relevant. Yeah. Uh, or it could be the battle for first place in the West. Oh. <laughs> I mean, I, I mean, listen, both of these teams have one loss right now. Um, and here's what's really yeah. interesting to, to bring in the riders into this. And we'll talk to Rod a little bit more about um, where his boy Cody Fajardo is right now after their win uh, against the Edmonton Elks on the weekend. But the Riders are five and four. The Riders play at home to BC on Friday. Then they go to BC the following week. And then they've got a home and home series against the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. So their next four games, home and home, home and home against a nine, seven and one team and a nine and one team. It's not inconceivable that the Saskatchewan Rough Riders could be five and eight at the end of, uh, end of all that. Now, as ironic as that seems, I think Bomber fans will be cheering for the Riders in these games the next couple weeks to maybe give the BC Lions an extra loss and the Bombers a little bit more of a cushion. Uh, but it really does seem like it's shaping out now. I mean, considering the head-to-head matchups between Calgary and BC and Calgary and Winnipeg, that this is going to be a race between the Winnipeg Blue Bombers and the British Columbia Lions um, for first place in the West. Um, and hey, the Bombers have done pretty much everything they could do minus the infamous way they lost on Thursday to go to 9 and 1 as opposed to 10 and 0. Um but I mean what a story with BC. They are hanging in right now and uh, even if you have no skin in the game this Nathan Rourke is must see TV. Oh, so with the the power rankings are in on 3 down nation. We're going to have to call John Hodge and Justin Dunk here. They Let have Let me guess. Yeah. BC's what do you mean number 1? Yeah, BC's number 1. Like did they not What are they doing? They not see the game where the Bombers, they have BC at number one. Is the power ranking just based on the last game or the whole season? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the Bombers, I mean, the bomb. I think we can all agree like BC is awesome. But last time they played at home in BC with the Bombers with their grueling schedule, the Bombers beat BC and Nathan Rourke looked human. So that's right. Is I don't. It, is, I mean, I agree. BC's awesome, and he's he smashed the last couple of weeks. But Bombers beat them, and yeah, the Bombers lost on uh, you know. But the what do we want to what do you want to call it? if that game had a name for the Friday night's loss? Would that have a would it, there be a name for that loss? Or yeah, no? it's the Legio Wave game. The Legio Wave game. The Legio Wave Curse game. Some you know. We got. I posted the video that you took in the stands on our social media, Instagram, and someone said it was you, actually. Your negativity during the wave was a self-fulfilling <laughs> prophecy and a cursed, cursed the bombers. But uh, if you want to see that video, check our TikTok and Instagram, Sports Talk WPG, posting some stuff on there. You took a great video during the game, too, of, of that wave. But Yeah, um, well, and that's the thing. I just had this, and, it, and listen, I will say this. It was an unbelievable wave. Like as far as waves go, um, most of the crowd was into it. And 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 frankly, it, you know, let's face it, when a wave is happening, I mean, I have no issue with the wave. You know, you're up by 21 points late in the fourth quarter, and all right, let's stunt on these guys and do it. But um, 
as a fan, I'm always preferring, especially in a close, important game like that, if people are kind of locked in and watching the game as opposed to waiting when the sexton next to them is going to stand up and yell. Um, but as far as waves go, that one was um, was right up there. Um, and it just speaks to how great that crowd was. Uh, and, and you know what? Hey, I mean, a lot of this is somewhat joking. I mean, I, I, I do believe that you don't want to uh, do the touchdown dance before you get into the proverbial end zone. Um, but there was a lot of people who were probably at their first game had a hell of a great time. And that the only thing that would have made that night better would have been if Mark Leggio made that damn kick. And we were talking about a 10 and 0 team as opposed to a nine and one team right now. Reem. Yeah. I think maybe some, you know, a lot of this is kind of tongue in cheek here, but it's funny. I talked to my grandmother who was at the game and she listens to the show and she said to me, why is he getting so upset about the wave? There's a lot of people there. They're having a good time. Let them let them have a good time. And I think so. shout out to Bubby. Uh, you know what? <laughs> Sometimes it does sound like uh, old man yelling at Cloud. Um, but I will say this: I think if you look if you look at the takes of the reaction to the video that I posted, mm-hmm. like there was a few people saying, "Hey, lighten up, loser!" to me. But there was way more people saying, "I was thinking the same thing." Damn it. And then well, there's more there are people that are straight up a ban the wave guys. I'm not ban the wave guys, but it's the same thing with singing na 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 hey hey goodbye. I mean, wait till the damn game is in the bag and over before you do it. Um, because there's nothing that looks worse than taking that victory lap and then not winning the game. Yeah, we all remember the guy in the Grey Cup, the Hamilton fan, like sipping <laughs> out of the Grey Cup. <laughs> For the bombers. I thought of that guy. One. I thought of that guy on the weekend. <laughs> no, that wasn't the great. No, that wasn't the great cup. But in like all-time sports images, um, but what, what is it like images before disastrous events? Uh, that is certainly up there. We all remember that guy. So that guy, he took the sip and then he's like, "Oh, should I have done that?" Because like what they were, they were just going into overtime at the time, if yeah. I'm not mistaken. <laughs> I just thought he was thirsty, and that was the only cup that he had. I, you know, I think when I was watching it, I didn't think of it as a celebratory thing. <laughs> oh my god, that was uh, that's some funny stuff. Well, anyways, always here for your wave takes and takes on the Canadian Football League. We're gonna get to that. With Hot Rod Peterson, who is in Edmonton at the World Junior Hockey Championships. And interesting to know if any of you, by the way, I'm going to do a quick uh, you know, spot for a couple of our sponsors, then bring Rod in. But I am interested in um, whether many of you, have, by the way, Dunk Dynasty, thanks for becoming a member of the channel. Great to see you out here as always and appreciate the support. I'm wondering how much of this tournament any of you have paid attention to so far. Um, I will admit I'm normally somebody that doesn't pay much attention to the preliminary round regularly, and I sort of get into it more into the the, the elimination games. Um, but I am interested, you know, with it being in August, with everything else going around, how many of you that might normally be big World Junior fans um, have tuned in? Um, and again, of course, Brad Lambert, not sure how much he's going to play. He didn't play a lot in the third period at all for Finland in the last game where he'll be in the lineup coming in. So, um We'll get to that as well, coming up with Rod in just a second. Um, hey, awesome weekend. And as I mentioned, Bark in the Park went off um, just amazingly. All the dogs there. Wallace and Wallace, so happy to be part of it uh, and sponsoring the Gold Eyes. Uh, but they're not only Winnipeg special, fencing uh, specialists, they also work with Clopay, the largest garage door manufacturer in the world. 
And despite the supply chain issues we've all been experiencing in recent months, you can still get a beautiful new garage door delivered and installed within four weeks, just in time for back to school, hockey tryouts, dance recitals, all the hustle and bustle of daily life that keeps your garage door almost as busy as you and your family. And speaking of doors, did you know a new garage door can add up to 4% to the value of your home? With 161 styles of garage doors to choose from, it's style that's right for your home. Visit them at wallacedoors.com or give them a call or visit their showroom on Lawson Road. Um, F Apparel's ready, speaking of, uh, you know, getting back to school, back to work, back to hopefully normal. Um, it's probably been a while since you've worn a suit. Well, if you're thinking that you need one or maybe need a new size, head on down to F Apparel at 190 Smith Street for the best deals and the best-looking suits around, custom-made to fit you exactly as you want, starting at just $400. Great summer promo as well. Three shirts for 210 bucks accessories and more they really have it all and it is the go-to spot for menswear here in the city of winnipeg find out more book an appointment online at f that's ephapparel.com or pop down and see andrew and his team they'll take great care of you at 190 smith street downtown and hey not too nice outside right now and hopefully it'll be a little bit nicer later on of course great barbecue weather right now and vita health fresh market is a great spot to get your barbecue on of course vita health is stocked with winnipeg's best selection of local organic natural grocery supplements and beauty products all at great prices we've got some great options for the queue including lean bison steaks and burgers chicken of course hot dogs burgers and more and if you are entertaining always nice to have a good non-alcoholic option for your guests uh, and they've got that as well with sober carpenter beers and clever mocktails. And don't forget to check out their new fully shoppable website at myvita.ca as well to schedule a delivery or in-store pickup or pop down and visit them at seven Winnipeg locations, including the newest store in Linden Ridge. And again, online at myvita.ca. Um, hey, a big shout out to our friends at Aikens Lake as well. We're there a couple weeks ago. If you are thinking about an amazing fishing trip where you can be on the water less than two hours from the city of Winnipeg after a short flight. Aikens is the spot. Incredible world-class hospitality, amazing fishing, and the best part about it is the people and the terrains that run the entire place. Aikenslake.com online, at Aikens Lake on Twitter. Find out more and book in for next year. All right. I would normally be diving in first and foremost into the Canadian Football League with our next guest, but uh, fresh off the air... Of course, his show goes before us, 11 to 1 Central Time on YouTube as well and the Game Plus Network. But uh, our pal Rod Peterson is boots on the ground at the World Junior Hockey Championship in Edmonton that joins us now. Rod, what's up, man? Great to have you back in the program. Hey, Hustler. Good to see you. Can you hear me okay? I know I always have problems when I come on with you. We're good? You sound great. You look great. And um, you having any fun at Edmonton or what? How's things going so far? Buddy. Buddy, been here just over a week, and today is the final day of the round robin. As you probably know, Canada's playing Finland at 5 p.m. your time. And just this morning, we've been doing our show live, as you know, and Stephen Ellis was with us from the Hockey News, and he's like, for anybody that doesn't know, the fun's just starting now. So, Hus, the crowds are picking up, the games are meaning more, and yeah, there's nowhere else I'd rather be than here. Yeah, you know, that's it, it's cool. And I was mentioning before, I mean, I know that there are some people that, like, book off two weeks at Christmas and they are all into this tournament. I mean, full disclosure, I've always been someone that, 
you know, maybe comes a little later to the party, you know, around the elimination games. You know, there's a lot of preliminary games that you know are going to be blowouts. But the story about this event, Rod, has been a lot less to do with Connor Bedard and what's happening on the ice and the event itself. And listen, I think we all knew that this was going to be an incredible challenge to put this event on in Edmonton that's had so many events through the pandemic. And uh, and the fact that it's in August, of course, is unique and very challenging. And then everything that's been happening with Hockey Canada, which, of course, has been a huge story coast to coast. Um, tell uh, How would you describe the, the vibe around the city more than anything? I mean, it, it, does it feel like it's the World Juniors right now normally? or I mean, how different is it from before? And, and then we can maybe talk about the growing support for the event because it started quite low. It started low, but as you, if you've been watching the games, the crowds are getting bigger every game. And listen, Andrew, I watch your show. I know you've been talking a lot about Hockey Canada and stuff over the past few months. And uh, trust me, I get it. We haven't spent as much time on it for other reasons. But I guess you talk about going to World Juniors. I've been to many. I broadcast them on the Sportsnet Radio Network. I was the voice of Team Canada 10 years ago. Um, so I've been to a lot. And just... Normally, you get into a town. Winnipeg in 98 was one of my favorite ever. Roberto Luongo was Team Canada's goalie. You remember it, right? You can't go anywhere in a major city and not know the World Juniors aren't going on. But here in Edmonton, there's been no signage. Uh, Explore Edmonton pulled their sponsorship or froze it. We all know what's happened with Hockey Canada with Scotiabank and Canadian Tire. But we all knew the tournament was going on. And to be honest, I was sitting in Florida at New Year's, all that to watch the tournament. And I was watching when James Duffy's like, they just pulled the plug on the tournament. And we're like, <laughs> what am I going to do for the next 10 days? So when they waited a couple days and said, okay, we're going to, we're going to do this in August. You said it yourself. You knew it was going to be a challenge. Um, so, but, but I'd say there's three reasons why the crowds have been so terrible here. And uh, number one is it's been 30 plus degrees, dude. It's summer and it's Edmonton. It's like no different than Winnipeg. They don't get a long summer. So people don't want to be inside. $280 for Canadian t- games for tickets between the blue lights. 180 for junior hockey, Andrew. And then I would say a distant third is the scandal. I haven't heard any of that talk. There's been some on social media from people but they weren't going to come to the games anyways. They're just trying to stir it up. So yeah, I, I would say, you know what? It's funny. I mean, the whole scandal thing. I mean, you know, yeah, there might be some people that are staying away or less interested in it. But I think the the real tangible effects of it right now, Rod, is on the sponsors. I mean, it's crazy looking at this event. I mean, we're so used to seeing for big events like this that are on television, nationally, rate boards all around. There's nothing. We got one TSO. And and the thing is, without the activation of all those companies that put so much into it, which I think has a big is probably a big chunk of ticket sales as well. I mean, I can remember when we were selling for the event here in Winnipeg for the World Women's, you know, tickets was always a part of the uh, of the packages of any of the sponsors to get people out. So that's uh, that's, I think, really hurt it as well. And we sort of know why why it is. But I mean, to me, you nailed it. A get-in price of 130 bucks for Canada-Latvia in the preliminary round is absolutely insane. And I, I'm not sure. I think we are getting to this reckoning point of that the goose cannot be squeezed anymore. I mean, if you've got, you know, you've got your wife and two kids and you want to go check out one of these games, I mean, it's more than 500 bucks before you get in the, the door. And 
Um, I, I, I put it this way. I'm not surprised that people are staying away if that is the case. And uh, I'm sure there'll be some some tough meetings in Hockey Canada boardrooms about, okay, the future of this event. Um, is this going to be something that is more affordable that we can get big crowds? Or are we trying to just get as much money as we can from a smaller amount of seats. And it's a, it's a difficult thing because this costs a lot to put on and they're losing money in a lot of other areas that they need to run grassroots programs around this, around the country. What I think people need to understand, and I didn't realize it until I got behind the scenes with hockey Canada in 2012, calling the games at that time, I'm looking around. It was in Calgary and Edmonton, the tournament. And I thought this is the 31st NHL franchise hockey Canada. Oh yeah. TV deal. They have their own radio deal. They have their own merchandise deal. They do their own ticketing. They're big. They're very, very, very big. And you would say, you obviously, yeah, it's Hockey Canada. Well, Football Canada is one guy, Jim Mullen, one. Hockey Canada is a massive enterprise. So you talk about the sponsorships being frozen and people pulling their money in terms of sponsors, that affecting ticketing. Yeah, that's all a major thing. But Hockey Canada isn't going to crumble because of this. The Chicago Blackhawks didn't crumble. The Swift Current Broncos didn't crumble. There will still be a Hockey Canada coming out of this. And if you want, like, listen, I would love to be on the air talking CFL for two hours every day. It's August. Believe me, I'd like to talk about Mark Leggio missing the kicks last week. <laughs> and why anybody would want to fire Mike O'Shea out of that or the, or the ridiculous hate on Cody Fajardo. But we're sitting here doing World Juniors talk at 10 a.m., mountain and our numbers are higher than ever and people want to talk about the latvian goalie and why is russia not there and blah, blah, blah. it's just it's it's canada and it's hockey and they well, care well and credit to you and dupes for doing it because to be honest rod i mean this is part of it i mean you guys probably spent more time in the first 20 minutes of your show today talking about the world juniors than they have on Sportsnet in the last two weeks i mean it is completely ignored and again Partly is because this event is essentially a TSN creation. So, I mean, I realize more than anything, there's sort of a, a territorial thing where, oh, this is a TSN thing. We're not going to pay attention to it. But I think especially from other media channels, um, you know, there hasn't been like normally at Christmas, you'd have people coming from all around following the players from their teams locally. That doesn't that isn't happening. So, I mean, you guys right now are doing such a great job being there in the rink with the show every day that it is a spot for the people that are in on this, that don't care that it's in the summer, that are important, that it's important for them to see all these great young players before they end up being NHLers to get on it. And um, it's certainly been a go-to spot for me over the course of the last week because, frankly, there hasn't been a lot of that anywhere else. Well, I appreciate that. And, like, you've, you've identified a void in Winnipeg Sports Talk with what you do. We've identified a void with what we do. And I'll be honest with you, if you want to even know why we're here, like just it started in May. We went to the Centennial Cup in Estevan, the National Junior A event, which is a Hockey Canada event. And they said, Hockey Canada said, whoa, your show's like a pregame show for our triple header after this. This is amazing. Would you guys consider coming to all of our events? And we're like, yes, I considered it. We're in. (laughs) And then the fit hits the shan, as I say, with the scandal and I'm like, well, I'm not jumping out of the Fox hole now. Like Hustler, you know me a long time. If I'm in, I'm in. And hockey Canada liked that to the degree that here we are at Rogers place. They've literally given us the run of the place. Like we're in the sports net set doing our show every day and hockey Canada appreciated that. So it's all worked very well and they will get over this at some point. It's a legal matter. Now that's why I haven't talked about it as much. To the degree that you guys have, because I've watched, it's 
there's so much not known. And again, it's a legal matter. I'd prefer to talk about what's going on on the ice as opposed to off. I get that it is a scandal. There's no doubt. But it wasn't going to deter us from coming here and doing what we committed to do. Well, and, and, and you know, and I'll just say this. I mean, you know, I've had, you know, I've you know, made my feelings known. And I say this as a former Hockey Canada employee. I mean, I certainly b- believe in a lot of the concern we have with the way that things have been run and how it got to this point and what's happened in the past. But this is a big organization, and there are so many great people working their asses off to put these events on, to help the teams do well, to do all that, that frankly have nothing to do with this. None more so than the players on this team, Rod. And, you know, it is really unfortunate for guys that have probably grown up watching these games and packed buildings every time it's in Canada, not feeling that same sort of buzz or support for all the reasons that we've uh, we've had. All that being said, though, I mean, let's talk about what's happening on the ice. We've got a big game this afternoon between Canada and Finland for first place in the uh, in the pool. I know you've been watching the games. What have you thought about Team Canada so far and how they're trending going into the most important part of the tournament, and that is the elimination round? Well, they're missing some really big names. Uh, Shane Wright, for instance, uh, right? The fourth overall pick of Seattle opted not to be. There's a lot of big names that aren't here. But every team can say that, so it's kind of leveled out the playing field. Canada goes to go to 4-0, and and, you know, we're probably not surprised that they're looking to be unbeaten because it's Canada, right? But they could play there. They weren't as good as they should have been in their tournament opener. Uh, who did they play? Was it Slovakia when they only won 5-2? Latvia. Yes. <laughs> Latvia, yeah. it's going. Yeah, it should have been far more than, than that. But Latvia's made the quarterfinal for the first time in their country's history. That's the thing. You go behind the curtain and realize Latvia wouldn't even be here if it wasn't for Russia being booted out of the tournament. Latvia's not apologizing for anything. You saw the celebration that they've put on for making the quarterfinals. There's just some really fun stories. And I'm here. I mean, I've been following Connor Bedard since he was 14 years old. And it's I'm just so grateful that he plays for the Regina Pats. He's the next one. He was better than Shane Wright at last year's World Juniors, and he's two years younger, you know, sorry, a year younger. Um, so obviously we're here. Hey, so just excited to watch what Riot, what uh, Connor's doing. And obviously beside Mason McTavish on that top line, um, they're just fun to watch. The guys look like they've been like they're 30 years old and been playing together for years and they're junior hockey uh, age. That's Riley, by the way, from Hockey Canada. You, you may have worked with or for him, Andrew. So, yeah, they've – he was smiling. The hockey's been great. And as Stephen Allen said from the Hockey News this morning, it's just getting better. Well, and, and you know, I mean, this is the the big test of the first round for Canada going up against the Finns, and then um, and then it gets real where uh, you got to win to stay going on. You mentioned Latvia, and I'll say this. Um, maybe I'll go out on a limb. I don't think we'll be talking about the Latvians in five or six days. Um, but right now – this is sort of what there's in even in the preliminary rounds, there's always some great stories. And for this program to win their first ever game at the World Junior Hockey Championships, uh, I understood why they were so happy and so proud they got a win against a team that probably beat them up over and over again over the years. And um, I mean, those are the sort of things that, you know, make this event what it is outside of obviously Canadians rallying around their team. And um, I'm looking forward to seeing what they can do. And that sort of emotion and that sort of excitement is great for the event, even in a situation where they're dealing with a lot of things that they haven't dealt with in the past. Well, I haven't figured out if a bunch of people from Latvia have come to Edmonton once they realize what they're doing. I heard you talking about this today. 
Yeah, or if it's local people that have jumped on the Latvian train. Because against Canada in the opener, there was like two people in the crowd waving a Latvian flag. And I'm like, okay, whose mom and dad is this? And now there's like dozens of Latvian fans here. So I'm, I'm thinking maybe it's Edmontonians that have jumped on the story. I'm not sure. But they not only have they not been blown out, but they've made the quarterfinals. So it's they had a celebration worthy of clinching the American League Eastern pennant in their dressing room last night. And I was like, eh, is this too much? And then I'm like, no, it's not. Good for them. You know, I think in, in a tournament that needed some good news stories and some good fuzzy stuff, we uh, we got that with the Latvian story. Yeah, but if for sure. That was their... Off, People are going to be pissed off. Let's be honest. <laughs> uh, Rod Peterson's with us. Uh, make sure you're following the RP show uh, on before us, 11 a.m. local, Game Plus Network, and, of course, on their YouTube channel. Give them a sub and check it out. It's a great little transition into what we're doing every day live on the YouTube channel. Uh, but, Rod, in the middle of CFL season, I can't bring you on without talking a little bit about the three-down game. You 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 mentioned Mark Leggio. Um You've seen a you've seen a lot of CFL games. I mean, people still around here are still a little bit shocked at how that game ended. And maybe I'll say not maybe we have been spoiled with this Blue Bomber football team. They always seem to find a way. And it was the exact sort of script. They had a hundred yard drive in the fourth quarter, and then when the game was tied, Zach Caleros took them all the way down for what would be a chip shot, a tie game. Worst case scenario, you get the single. See you later. Head to the parking lot or head to the bar and have a celebratory drink. And then that happened. Um, what a bizarre way to lose a football game. Well, we've seen it before, just not with Winnipeg. And I, I was, I've thought about that game way more than I should have, not being a fan of either the Blue Bombers or the Alouettes. You know, you just think about kickers and why they're the most important. Well, they're not the most important until you miss a kick. A quarterback <laughs> is the most important position. But you know, you know what I'm saying. And I just, I was sitting there going, Andrew, would you rather win a third consecutive Grey Cup or go 18 and 0 this season if you're Winnipeg? And I think you would have wanted to go 18 and 0. I'm sorry, you already got your rings. I know that not every team's the same year by year by year, but you would like to go down to the pantheon of the greatest team ever in CFL history. And Mark Leggio had. Other ideas, right? Nine and one. You'll probably <laughs> go on and win the Grey Cup a third consecutive. I mean, would you not agree? I don't know if you've talked about this on your show, but this Bomber team looks stronger than the last two that won the Grey Cup, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, they may be, but I'll say this. I think the rest of the league, certainly in the West, Calgary and especially BC, are so much better than they've been the last couple of years. I think there's a lot more intrigue when it comes to the top of that division. Um, and that game on Saturday night, I mean... Listen, I was a little bit slow to come around and realize just how special this Nathan Rourke is uh, mm -hmm. early in the season. Not anymore. And, I mean, for him to do what he did, over 240 yards just in the fourth quarter, 488 against a damn good Stamps defense to come back and win by one. I mean, this is this is a performance, like an all-time great performance right now, really in his first year as a starter. And, I know we'll get to what his future is. Will there be NFL opportunities? I think at 24, the way he's playing, I think it'd be crazy to think there isn't. But the British Columbia Lions right now, with that win on Saturday, made a real statement that let's not just give the Bombers the West just yet. We've only got one loss, too, and we've got two games against this team later on. Well, folks, I guess it was bound to happen sooner or later. But unfortunately, today, for the first time, Winnipeg Sports Talk has been the victim of an internet outage. Yes, in the middle of our show, a great conversation with Rod Peterson. 
it all stopped um, both at uh, at both of our locations. Um, so with the delay in this, we unfortunately couldn't continue the uh, conversation with Rod, and we weren't able to connect with Jeff Hamilton. However, both individuals have kindly said they'll jump on with us later on this week. So we will return to regularly scheduled programming with a full-length show Tuesday at 1 o'clock on YouTube. And the podcast should be up a little bit after 3 p.m. with the full-length show that we usually deliver for you every day here on Winnipeg Sports Talk. Again, apologies for the inconvenience. Thank you very much for the support of WST, and we'll talk to you tomorrow.